Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone while I am sitting in my comfy gaming chair. It is Monday, November 1st, 2021, and uh, we have a mini set coming out tomorrow. We have the Deadmine set coming out um, a little bit later than expected. Uh, apparently, some things got shuffled around, and, and I'm sure that some of the um, the unpleasantness at Blizzard that we've talked about at length on this show and, you know, in the Discord and everything else um, has probably affected that a little bit. But uh, but we do have a mini set to talk about. We have 35 cards, um, three for each class, uh, plus five neutrals. Um, it is unfortunately just me today. Um, normally, Matt Arms joins me for these, but, um, you know, he's... Uh, as he's been pretty, you know, vocal about on Twitter and on his podcast, he started a new job. He's so he's, you know, got a lot of stuff going on, and and the mini set is a little bit harder to coordinate, just because they they drop everything all at once. So um, it's just going to be me. I do I am streaming this at um I uh, for those of you who don't know, I stream uh, Monday and Friday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern at Twitch.tv/WickedGoodFM. Um, and so I am streaming this live, so I may include some of the comments from chat uh, as they come in. So we'll uh, you you will get to hear that. You can also uh, you know join these uh, these streams. Uh, you know at, I'd love to have you. Um, I'm also I will I will say again I put a link in this in the last episode show notes, but I will uh, say it again. I am still raising money for uh, Children's Hospital Boston uh, via Extra Life um, Children's Hospital. Boston is a really kind of special cause for me, given that, you know, all of my kids were diagnosed with either ADHD or autism at a children's hospital, Boston, and the neurology department there has been nothing short of amazing, even for, you know, we were, we were kind of routine cases, all things considered, and they've been nothing but wonderful. And I've heard other stories from other folks that, you know, folks who have been there for much more serious um, you know, serious medical things than, than we have, have, uh, also really just gotten wonderful, wonderful care. And it's just a wonderful place and they deserve all of the help they can possibly get. So it's like, it's something that I try to do, um, most years and it, it's important to me. So if you, um, are in a position to donate, um, there will be a link in the show notes. Um, if you are in chat, I am putting the, 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 um, I'm putting the link in chat as well. So if you are in a position, if not, then, you know, please, please don't, you know, give money you don't have. But if you are in a position where you could donate and um, it, it would mean a lot, it, it, they're a wonderful, wonderful organization and they deserve every bit of help that they can get. Okay. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I will go very quickly about ladder. I ended up with 10X again. I tried to make a push yes over the weekend, but it, it wasn't. I wasn't really feeling it, and and I'm kind of over that meta anyway. I got to Legend with 11x, and I ended up, you know, playing some stuff and just kind of... I probably wasn't as focused as I could be. And so I ended up, you know, getting... I, I started at 3,500, and I ended up climbing up to 2,300 on Sunday morning, and then, um, you know, came back after like a four-hour trip to go pick my daughter up from Connecticut, and then we came back, and um, I had, I, I did come back with a lot of deli meat, which was fantastic, but I did not come back with more rank, with more rating. And apparently even, I, I, I saw some people saying they got to 1500 and didn't make it 11x just because of all the, um, a lot fewer people who were playing standard this season because of mercenaries. So 
you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, you know, I'll have plenty of time to, uh, enjoy the new meta and, and I'm not worried about getting to legend. It's just a little bit more of a grind to get there with the 10 X, but you know, I'll get there. It's fine. Um, and then we'll see how next month goes. So, um, but that's, that's, and let's talk about the meta that we're going to have because we do have, um, 35 new cards. I am bringing them up on the screen now. I, I wish I had a better transition for that, but you know, it's just kind of popped up on the screen. Um, so we have 35 new cards again, three for each, for each class, uh, four legendaries, uh, rogue shaman, rogue and shaman get legendaries as well as, um, two class legendary, two neutral legendaries rather. Um, and, and the set is interesting. It seems like the theme is kind of building on tradable a lot. There, the, the themes are building on tradable and then pirates. So the dead minds, I am assured I uh, learned all of this from listening to walk to work. Um, which is also another fantastic podcast that you should be listening to, because Blister Guy is amazing. Um, but he, I have not played World of Warcraft. So all of this lore is like nothing. It, it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, but I'm assured that the Deadmines is like an early stage um, area for the Alliance, that you go from Stormwind to the Deadmines. That's the first big dungeon. And there's a lot of pirates there. So there are a lot of pirates in the set. Most of the classes get at least one pirate. This is a, a lot more pirate. This is this is kind of like the descent of dragons, but for pirates. Like we got a lot of a lot of pirates in the set, probably more than we've had at one time in quite a while. Um, that'll have implications. We'll talk about that when we get to warrior. I will I will assure you. But um, and and the other the other theme that we have in the set is more tradable cards. But the tradable cards do things when traded, which is an interesting evolution of the mechanic. Um, we will get into those when we, when we get there, but I, I think that kind of adds a little bit of a different spin on tradable because tradable was, a, tradable cards were ones that you would typically mulligan away, right? Because you wanted to get them later. If you happen to get them early, you could pitch them and get card draw unless you were like specifically demon hunter where you're playing like Tusk Piercer to get, uh, uh, persistent peddler and then send that back in the deck to, to advance your quest. Um, now some of these, there's an argument for, um, having, uh, you know, possibly keeping some of these in the mulligan and then trading them to get the initial value off of them. I don't know if it's correct or not. We're going to find that out when we start playing, but I think it's an interesting way to look at, um, the new cards, but that's enough about talking about like the themes in general. Let's just get into the cards and we'll start with demon hunter. Oh my goodness. Mustachio green, a hundred dollars to extra life. Thank you so much. I, I, I normally, I don't, I don't do the notifications on stream, but something, a, a donation that generous, I have to, I have to, um, acknowledge. So thank you so much. It really, it really does mean a lot and, and it'll mean a lot to the kids as well. Um, so the, the first card, uh, for Demon Hunter is, uh, Proving Grounds. It is a six mana spell, uh, summon two minions from their, from your deck. They fight. So they fight each other. <clears throat> which is a little, I, I, I don't really know where this is going to fit, right? Like, cause you're, you're basically, you're probably killing off one of your minions. Now, again, death rattle demon hunters, a thing, but this is not really the way you want to be triggering your death rattles. <clears throat> like this is generally like, you don't want to be pulling, you don't want to do this, right? Like most of the time, I think that the, the scenario where you would want to do this might be in like big demon hunter 
where you have like the 8-3 that summons a demon from your hand. And maybe if you could get that, then that's something that you'd want to do. Or if you have like a bunch of high health demons, like the the pit commanders or whatever, maybe that's worth it. But I mean, you're you're hurting the health on them. You're kind of helping your opponent out. You are getting two minions out, but six mana is still a lot. I I I feel like there's probably some way to abuse this, maybe some way in the future. But I, I'm not. This is not dual. Dual wasn't a very good card either. Um, this is not nearly as good as Duel. I think this is probably a 2 out of 5. Again, my scoring system, for those of you that's the first time that you're joining me, um, generally I'm rating these cards by the deck that they would fit in. So 5 would be either a, a build-around or an auto-include in basically every every deck that the class would have. 4 would be um, you know, a key card for a particular archetype or something that's going to generally be included in most decks. Three is a, a good card that will that will support an archetype, or uh, you know a, a a playable tech card. Two are filler cards that you take probably take off discover, but you wouldn't put in a deck. And then one is basically unplayable. I I feel like I mean proving grounds is technically a build around, but I don't know what we're building around it. I don't think there's enough support to build around it. So I mean it it is technically a build around, which is why I'm gonna give it a two because but I think it's a bad build around because like whatever is going to happen out of this is is it's going to be really hard to pull off and you're going to have to run so few minions to get this to happen. And, and demon hunter is not great. I mean, I guess you could draw a lot, but it's not really demon hunters forte. Um, so the next card that we have is need for greed, <clears throat> which is a five mana tradable spell, uh, common draw three cards. If drawn this turn, this costs three. This is a good card, but not for now. Um, because right now you can play Skull of Gul'dan for six, right? And you can play Acrobatics for three and get minimum two cards, right? So this has to be better than either Acrobatics or Skull of Gul'dan in order to see play. And I don't think it's better than either. Both of those cards are rotating, I believe. I mean, Skull I know is rotating. I'm pretty sure Acrobatics was... Dark Moon Fair, so that should be rotating as well. So when both those cards rotate, you're going to have a lot fewer of the big draw options. I, um, Spectral Sight, I'm not sure if that's core or if that's um, if that's rotating as well. But like a lot of the like, if you look at the cards that get run in like a it's like a Quest Demon Hunter, there there's not really room for this. Um, but you're going to be, you know, at the end of this year, you're going to be losing Glide, you're going to be losing Acrobatics, and you're going to be losing Skull of Gul'dan, and at that point, I think we will probably reevaluate Need for Greed, and it'll probably seem a lot better than it does now. It's basically, like, in the in the spot where, like, Backfire was when it got introduced in the mini set at the end of Dark Moon Fair, right? Where we had Plot Twist in order to draw, like, massive quantities of cards, so we didn't need Backfire, but as soon as, like, the plot twist type of shenanigans and, and also the quest that that you were enabling from plot twist, once those went away and you did end up in a position where you needed burst card draw, then Backfire was, like, in every... Uh, in a lot of, of uh, Warlock decks. And I feel like Need for Greed will be that, um, you know, once, um, once those cards rotate. It will be good. I mean, you're, you're able to trade it so that you're drawing it and then able to play it for three, but it's just, it's so clunky in the decks that we have now. And and 
there's an answer there's a better option for basically every deck right now that would want it so it's i think it's a three i think it's a good card but it just it's probably going to take it take like six months before we see it and then people will forget about it until like a month into that expansion and then remember that it exists um and, and it's fine to have those cards too <clears throat> i do worry a little bit about printing too much draw but i think there's already too much draw in demon hunter so like a, another draw card really isn't adding anything to the meta and then Crow's Nest Lookout is a 3-mana 2-2 two, two demon. Battlecry deal 2 damage to the left and rightmost enemy minions. Uh, if you only if your opponent only has one minion, then it deals 4, which is... That's better. Um, it, again, it, it just feels like... This is like a budget immolation aura. Right? Like, that happens to be a minion. I guess it, get, it can't get counterspelled. That's a benefit. Um... But, like, I'm not really sure <clears throat> what this is doing. Like, there are, there are, you know, get a generate minion, generate demons cards that exist. Um, but it just, like, see, it feels pretty low value. You can't buff it with spell damage like you can with, uh, with Immolation Aura or, um, or Fel Barrage. I mean, even Fel Barrage is, like, much better than this, right? Um, I, I think this is a two. It just feels like, yeah, you might take it situationally if you're discovering demons, but we're not doing that anyway. So there's not really any sort of a demon hunter that this fits in and not really much of an archetype that it enables. Um, so that's, that's demon hunter. Nothing too exciting, but you know, I, I'm kind of okay with demon hunter taking a break, taking a step back and kind of chilling for a little bit. Cause demon hunters, you know, demon hunters been fine where nobody's going to cry for them. Um, hunter is oh sorry druid i don't know why my my spreadsheet is out of order which is weird um but so we will go on to druid and druid got some pretty interesting cards in this set as well um jerry rig carpenter is a two mana two one rare pirate battle cry draw choose one spell and split it and when you start looking at the choose one spells that we have in standard there are a couple that stat that stood out to me which are predominantly Sow the Soil and Power of the Wild. Because, like, this is clearly, like, a cheap-ish spell. Um, Brian O'Brien's asking what's the cost of the split spells. I'm assuming that it's the same cost as the original. That's generally what it's been with... Um, I forget, it's not Fandral Stagham. There was, um, there was another legendary who, every time you played... A spell that was excuse one spell you get both copies in your hand i forget who i forget what it was but the cost of the split spells was always the same as the original one um but so you can use this both first of all to tutor right you're drawing and choose one spell so that's valuable just because you know what you're going to get and you're going to be able to tutor it out and not get it later and then you get to split them out so like if you look at something like adorable infestation versus sow the soil right if you split sow the soil then you're actually getting a slightly better version because you're giving plus one plus zero to the board plus your um you're getting a two two for the same two mana as the you know the two the two one ones and the plus one plus one on one minion right so i could see a world in which <clears throat> we run a few more spells in an aggro druid and run these in order to draw out, like, sow the soil and power the wild. And um, I, I feel like that could be really powerful. It is a pirate for any sort of um, synergies that care about that. Uh, anything that's a pirate is going to come out of Rakara, out of the Juggernaut. 
so that's something to be to be aware of but um but yeah this is I, I think this is pretty interesting i feel like this is a four um i feel like this is going to be in some version of aggro druid and if we get any more like you know and, and even if we get like slower choose one spells this could still be something that that's relevant in those so i feel like this is really good and and but the next card is the one that's really scary uh, Moonlink Guidance is a two-mana spell, rare. Discover a copy of a card in your deck. If you play it this turn, draw the original. So, forget about the second sentence for a second, right? We had a card like this in Priest called Shadow Visions, and it was played in every Priest deck, from the day it was printed until the day it rotated. Because discover a copy of a card of a, and this is a card in your deck, not a spell. So that's important to keep in mind, right? Like it's it's going to be a little bit harder to target because you you're going to be able to hit any any card in your deck. Um, but that means that you could get two copies of a legendary. You get three, you could well, not three, but you, well, I guess you could get three if you keep if you if you discover it twice, right? But you know, it's going to be much more variant than Shadow Visions because it's going to be every card in your deck, not just spells. But it's also giving you a copy of something in your deck. And if you're running, you know, two ofs of most of the cards in your deck, right? Then you're going to have, you know, you'll you'll have like a three out of like fifteen, which is still pretty decent odds to hit whatever you're looking for. And I mean, if you're playing this in Anaconda Druid, you could just get another Anaconda, right? You could get another Germination. I don't even think the if you play it this turn sentence matters that much, to be honest. Like, in some cases it could. Like, if you want Chain Lunar lunar uh, Eclipse or you want to, you know, I, I don't know what, what kind of scenarios you get. I don't think you're running this in Aggro Druid, but certainly in Anaconda Druid or like a slower Druid. Um, you might, you might do that, or maybe late you, you might do that to draw the other copy of guardian animals or something. Right. Um, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of reaching, but I don't think that that really matters as much as just getting a copy of a card in your deck. Um, I, I think that this is really, really, really good. Um, so I, I would call this a five. I think that this is something that you're going to run into. You're going to run in, in a lot of decks, maybe not aggro. But certainly any slower Druid deck, I would see a hard time excluding something like this. Just because getting a copy of a card and being able to discover a card from your deck in 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 and of itself, like tracking is a good card that we play, right? Like tracking costs one less mana, but like we play tracking and we don't even get a copy. We just draw the original, right? So this is getting a copy of something in your deck. And there's probably ways to like thin your deck down to a certain number of cards, and then and force, uh, force your way into getting copies, right? Um, but it's, I, I have a hard time seeing this not seeing play. This seems really, really easy to abuse. And even if you're not abusing it, even if you're just getting value out of it, like we run worse card draw right now. Like we run guess the weight, right? I don't know if this is better than or in addition to Guess the Weight, but it's it's got to be at least as good as Guess the Weight, 
even if it's not drawing a card out of your deck, even if it's just giving you a copy, it's still giving you what you're looking for, right? So, um, yeah, that, that's it, I, I can't say enough how good this is. And while we're talking about, like, really disgusting cards, um, Druid of the Reef is a 1-mana one 1-1 one, with a choose 1, transform this into a 3-1 Shark with Rush, or a 1-3 Turtle with Taunt. Um, this is going right into Aggro Druid, no question. It's a Taunt if you need it for, um, you know, for, for protecting, like, you could coin this out with Peasant, you can, I mean, you have, you run an Arch and Squire in the deck right now. And people have been trying to find a replacement for Arch and Squire. Some people are running Nature Studies. Some people are cutting Park Panther and running Kazakus. You can run two copies of Nature Studies. This is objectively better than, um, than Arch and Squire. I mean, a 3-1 with Rush for one or a 1-3 Taunt. I mean, you're getting a Voidwalker, right? Like, we played Voidwalker. We just played Voidwalker. There's no... And this is a Voidwalker that also could be removal. Like, this has got to be a five. Like, this is going to aggro Druid day one, no question. Two copies. And, and I think that this is going to be really good. Um, Mustachio Green is asking, is this deck get nerfed to 2-1 one, and 1-2? One, I think it's too early to talk about nerfs. I mean, we haven't even seen it yet. I, I'm not going to make the age-old uh, Menagerie Warden mistake of declaring the meta broken by a card before we've gotten to see it played. Um, but it, it seems real, really good. Really, really good. Um, like a 3-1 with Rush for one is just, that, that's way above rate. And, a, and, a, and Voidwalker is a card we play. So, yeah, I think this is a 5. This is an easy include in Aggro Druid. Easy. Um, it doesn't even really, you know, I mean, it's, it, it seems really small. But, like, on turn one, or just for one mana, even fitting in the rest of a turn, or, you know... Playing this with uh with Oracle of uh, you know Oracle of Aloon and getting two copies of it like good lord like yeah I'm scared <laughs> I'm scared of I'm scared of Aggro Druid it's already very good now so it could be even better you know with this um so Druid did did okay um Hunter uh, a little bit less so um the first Hunter card is Doggy Biscuit. Um, so Doggy Biscuit is a two mana spell, uh, tradable, uh, give a minion plus two plus three. After you trade this, give a friendly minion rush. So the buff is fine. Like, I don't fit, like we run a adorable infestation, but that's because we're also getting the bodies on top of it. Um, that can, that can do some extra damage. Um, the, the trade, the tradable option is okay. It's going to limit when you trade because you're going to want to get, get the rush off of it. If you have the extra mana for it. And like for one mana, you can just run animated broomstick, right? And then you give the whole board rush, not just like a minion rush. Um, I don't know if it's random or you get to target the minion if you trade it. That's not really clear. I mean, there's there's no card there afterward. Uh, we've never seen like these types of, of effects that come after tradable, so I don't know if it if it will let you target the minion that you wanna you wanna give rush or, or not. But I, yeah, I, I don't think you're maybe you get this off of like a venomous scorpid in um 
you know, in Quest Hunter, and then you're you're trading it just to get you know get the rush from that. And I don't think you're putting this in a deck though. It it doesn't seem very good. Um, I think this is probably a one. I I don't I I really I really have a hard time seeing where this fits. Um. So oh, there's also this cycle of parrots in this set. Um. I I love the flavor on this because the parrots all repeat things. Um, so this is Monstrous Parrot is the one for, um, uh, for Hunter. Uh, it's a four mana, three, four beast. Battle cry, repeat the last friendly death rattle that triggered. So I love the idea of, like, playing the Parrot and then the Parrot does the same thing that, that, that just happened. Like, it's learning how to do it. It's, um, I, I, I think, I love the flavor. Um, I would have to imagine that there's probably some greedy, um, you know, some greedy death rattles. And I'm sure Sadisi will find a way to abuse this um you know if if there is a way to do it i mean tonk is an obvious choice like you know being able to play this and then tonk and then uh it, you know get the get the battle cry you have to have the, the death rattle actually die or or trigger it doesn't actually have to die but you have to have triggered it so it's not like you're just playing the death rattle mini you actually have to play the death rattle then get it to die then um then play the parrot so it's gonna be pretty slow but i feel like there's like we're we're inching closer to a death rattle hunter again i i don't know that this gets us there this is probably a piece of it eventually um maybe the next set gives us enough to be able to get there um but it's like death rattle hunters almost there and this seems like it will be a pretty key tool in that deck when we get there. So I'll give that a three out of five. Um, I, I feel like this will be, a, it's going to be part of a Death Rattle Hunter, but we don't have that deck right now. So it's kind of hard to evaluate it that way. And then um, the pirate for Hunter is a Defias Blast Fisher. I, I love, again, I love the flavor on it. It's like a guy with a, <laughs> like a Defias Pirate with a with a musket who's who's shooting at fish and and i i just love the idea of like fishing with a fishing with a gun but so he's a five mana three two pirate uh battle cry deal two damage to an en a random enemy repeat for each of your beasts this is awfully specific it feels like hunter has better ways to do damage for five mana than this because i mean this is like again like this is going back to the age-old question that we've, we've asked on on these types of review episodes like uh, every uh, basically every time right which is what is this card asking of me and defies blast fisher is asking you to generally have stuck a board of beasts or you know played something like the like the rat like the rodent nest or something and and be able to trigger the death rattle or something like that right but you have a way to have a bo a board of beasts on the board and then have five mana to be able to play this and ideally you want those blasts to go face so you want it to a clear board but or you you might want to remove the minions but it's it's random enemy so it's not necessarily going to hit the minion either and you're going to end up in scenarios where you wanted to clear the minion and it went half and half and it didn't go the half you wanted it to. 
it just like five mana for a three two that's doing this like hunter has aim shot for five that for five mana you're just doing a guaranteed seven damage um pure shot generally will do five with like a one one and um a one one in like you know and and the four mana for piercing shot um dc was asking is it all beasts ever on board i'm assuming it's usually when it's phrased like that it means beast currently on board um if it if it was every beast you've played this game that would be a much better card yes uh that 100 percent would be a better card um i i just i'm not seeing it. i'll give it a two just because there might be like some sort of a rat king deck that eventually gets there but again it just seems like there's there are much better ways even with beasts, like, just to do a lot of damage for five mana. Like, Trampling Rhino comes to mind, too. So, I, it's just, like, it's... it's Hunter's not really trying to stick the board, necessarily. I mean, they'd like to, but... Like, if you stuck a big board that's big enough to get enough damage out of this, you probably don't need the Blast Fisher. So, um, yeah. Alright, so we will move on to Mage. And Mage got two minions. And for, you know, we'll, we'll see if Mage actually gets to play minions. Because they haven't yet. Um, so, uh, the rare card is uh, Deepwater Evoker. Which is a 4 out of 3, 4 pirate. Battlecry draw a spell. Gain armor equal to its cost. So, this is like foreshadowing a big spell Mage. And if Big Spell Mage becomes a thing, I am entirely here for it. I loved Big Spell Mage when, you know, back in the, the Frost Lich Jaina world, right? Um, I love that deck. Well, actually, it was one of my favorite casting... One of my favorite casting moments was um, casting a Big Spell Mage against another control deck. I don't remember what it was. And they had... There was a spell... I don't even remember what the name of the spell was. There was a spell where you would reveal a spell in your deck, and then you would do damage to the board um, in order to... It, it, based on the cost of the spell that you revealed. Brian O'Brien's going to tell me off this. It's in chat. He's going to tell me this off the top of his head. Um, but it was like... It wasn't Dragon's Breath, but it was something like like Dragon's Roar or something like that. Um, and so they had played Elise, Elise the Trailblazer, which shuffles <laughs> shuffles the, pa the, two, the two mana pack into your deck. And they were they were expecting to be able because usually that's going to do at least five damage in that deck, and then they pulled that and it did two damage to the board and then they lost and it was it was we laughed for about ten minutes after that. Um, but if we're building a big spell mage, right? Like this is something you will need because you're going to need armor. Um, we don't have ice block anymore. We have ice barrier, but even ice barrier you may not want to run in a deck like this because you may want more armor than that. Um, so if we get more big spells that do things. Um, you know, Masks of Cthulhu and, and Grand Finale and, um, you know, stuff like that. We get maybe a 10-cost spell. Not not another puzzle box, please, but, you know, another 10-cost spell. Like, maybe that'll work. Um, I can see this being played. Again, not right now because Mage isn't playing minions. Um, but I think this is going to be, if if and when we get a big spell Mage, this will be part of it. So, assume, I'm, I'm giving it a 4, assuming that we're going to get a big spell Mage soon, right? Like, uh, we don't have it right now. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's something that, that mage is definitely going to need. Um, cause mage getting armor is, is one of the ways that it's going to survive. Um, 
so the next one is a spell. It's uh, Arcade Overflow, 5 mana rare spell, Arcane. Uh, deal to 8 damage to an enemy minion, summon a remnant with stats equal to the excess damage. So kind of like a piercing shot, except instead of the damage going face, the damage turns into a minion on board. So it's kind of like a, a weird um, Apexis Blast. Theoretically, you could run this in like a no minion mage. I mean, we're running we're running cards like that now in Quest Mage. I don't think you really want this in Quest Mage. It's very very slow, and generally you're looking for. I mean, you do sometimes need a big removal, but usually your big removal is just finish the damn quest, and then your your little removals turn into big removals. Um, it, it, you you need to have like a lot of flesh giants or whatever in the meta, uh, which we I mean we have it, you know to be fair, but. It feels like you're better off just like getting the quest done. So I think this is a good card that just doesn't have a place right now. But again, if that big spell mage does become a thing and this works its way into it, this would this would be a natural fit for that. So I'll give it a three. It's a it's a decent spell. Um, but again, it just doesn't. I I don't I don't see it having a home in any of the decks that we have right now, or that we're going to have out after this mini set because the mini set is not really. The mini sets in general are not great at creating new decks out of thin air. They're generally better at 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 enhancing the decks that already exist. Though sometimes you do get one new one new spell, one new one new deck. Like Lady Anaconda would sometimes I think was pretty good at um at enabling some stuff. But generally, we're gonna get you know enhancements of existing existing decks, not new ones. Um, so this will this will kind of fit into that. And and yeah, Brian's uh Brian O'Brien's saying the Crab Rider broke a few things. Yeah, but Bra Crab Rider wasn't really making new decks, right? Crab Rider was making a lot of existing decks better. Like nobody was building a Crab Rider deck. Like they were, you know, I mean there the Paladin. I don't think Paladin was doing that yet. I think it was it was you know once we had all the new stuff, that's when Crab Rider started coming becoming like super impressive. Um, and finally, Mage gets a parrot. Um, it's an, a Grey Sage power. It's an 8-mana 6-6 six, six beast. Battlecry, repeat the last spell you've cast that costs 5 or more. So again, another big spell mage card. This is a lot more expensive. Generally, repeat means that it's going to be targets chosen randomly. Uh, if it's Mask of Cthulhu, great. Um, if it's... Something like, you know, Arcane Overflow, which we just talked about. This could just target itself. Um, maybe. I mean, it depends on what the spells are that we're running. Like, if you're running all Flame Strikes and Masters of Cthulhu and whatnot, um, this could be fine, right? Or, or Grand Finale, you know, that, that don't have that don't have targets. Oh, that's true. Tar Arcane Overflow can only target enemy minions, so at least it can't do that himself. So maybe if the big spells that you have all do things that you definitely want and that aren't going to be able to backfire? Maybe. We need Mage to play minions first. So I'll give this a three, but I think, again, in Big Spell Mage, this is something to consider. It's just a matter of, like... It's hard imagining a world in which you get to play an 8-mana 6-6, six, six, even one that's going to cost a spell, just because eight, 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 getting to turn 8 is optimistic right now. Um, But it, it could we could get there. We could see it. Um, so I'll give it a three. I mean, the, this meta is not going to be the only meta we have between now and then. 
So we're going to move on to Paladin. And Paladin, um, Paladin gets a, they get a pirate. You get a pirate and you get a pirate. Uh, Paladin gets a pirate. Uh, wealth Redistributor, it's a five mana rare pirate, 2-8 taunt. Battlecry, swap the attack of the highest and lowest attack minion. So, very often, this will be the lowest attack minion. Right? Or you're going to hero power before you play this. And then, um, and then you'll get that on a, um, you'll have a, like a seven attack, uh, a really, really swole silver hammer group. Right. Or you'll get it. I mean, the idea is to get it on this, right? So you want to get it on this. And then, so your opponent slams a, a, a flesh giant and that's their only minion on board. And then you reply with this and then you have an 8-8 taunt and they have a 2-8 flesh giant, right? Um, it's going to take a little bit of setup to get this to happen because you're not swapping the highest attack minion with this specifically. You're swapping it with whatever the highest attack minion on the board is. So if they have a tour guide next to that flesh giant, you need to get rid of the tour guide before you can play this. Um, it, it could get dicey, right? Um, but I mean, you also could do things like um, you know, value trade into a, into a minion, have a, have like a big buffed minion with like one health left and then transfer the, transfer the attack onto your, onto your wealth redistributor. Right. Um, you could, you could get this onto something that's already ready to attack and then, you know, be able to, to get through for lethal. Right. So there's a lot of interesting things. Like I I love cards like this that really it, it kind of like a defile almost where it really makes you think about the board state and and plan correctly, but if you grok how this is going to work, you could really get a lot of value out of this. So I think this is a 4. I think that there there are a lot of paladin archetypes that could fit into. I think Hambuff is a is a good spot for this. I think a Librum is a good spot for this. Um, and, and you know, having a big taunt like that, or even just a 2-8 taunt, like, forget whatever else is happening, right? You're, you're, remove, you're, you're dealing with the attack of the biggest minion. Ideally, you're getting it onto your taunt, but even if not, you still have a 2-8 taunt in the way. And you've just taken away the attack of the highest minion, highest attack minion. And even if the lowest attack minion is still theirs, ideally, it's something that's on low health that you could just kill, Right? So I love this card. I think it's really, really interesting. So I de definitely four. Um, Righteous Defense is a three mana rare spell, holy spell for Paladin. Set a, a, a minion's attack and health to one. Give the stats it lost to a minion in your hand. So um, this is something that like Handbuff Paladin might be able to take advantage of. Like they have a lot of, you know, when they hit the board effects like the uh, Hand of Ren or the 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 card whose name I can't remember that's got the life steal that does damage equal to its attack, right? So like, there's a lot of hand buff synergy. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different, um, you know, different things that you can do with with hand buff paladin that are going to benefit from that. And, um, you know, hand buff paladin could use some removal to be able to get through taunts and stuff like that. So I think I don't think this is a card that you play in every paladin deck. But I do think that um, 
that this is something the Hamba Paladin specifically will want. And, you know, there there will be some decks that are going to be generating spells, maybe. And then this is something you could re pretty reasonably take as well. Uh, so I think it's probably a 3 out of 5. I, I It's got niche applications. Um, but I do like the card, and I think it'll have a place. Um, okay, so we'll move on to Sunwing Squawker, which is a 4-mana 3-4 beast. Also a parrot um, for Paladin. Battlecry, repeat the last spell you've cast on a friendly minion on this. Um, this seems like an easy inclusion in Liberum Paladin. Like, easy, easy, easy. Uh, I mean, we're, you know, you're going to get an, either another Hand of a Doll or another Liberum of, of Wisdom a lot of the time. There are scenarios where you could play a Liberum of Hope on a minion and then get another 8-8 Divine Shield. Um, assuming that you don't need the, the, um, the health in order to heal yourself. Um, there's a lot of different applications for this in Liberum Paladin specifically. And... You know, you just want more of those anyway. Like, getting an extra draw off Hand of a Doll is great. Getting an extra Liber of Wisdom so you're able to cycle three of them before um, before Liadrin, or eventually four if you play two of these, is fantastic. Getting an extra 8-8 is fantastic. Um, so, there's a, I, I feel like this is pretty good in, um, in Liberum Paladin. And I'll give this a four, because I feel like this is going to slot right in. Um... If you get, Brian or Brian say, if you get six mana, liver of hope, turn 10, hope, bird, double eight, eight, divine shield, taunt. Yep, seems good. And you get a three, four. So, you know, it's, you're even, you're even safe from Bladestorm. So, yeah, it, 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 this is pretty easy to include in a liver and paladin. And liver and paladin is already pretty good. I don't know if it really needs the value, but it could use it. And so, um, yeah, this is, this is pretty good. Um, so... We're going to move on to Priest. And I'm going to try to not get salty. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really going to try to not get salty. Uh, because those of you who know me, or have been listening to the podcast, or have followed the stream, know how much I love Priest. And you know that... I have not been able to play Priest on stream for pretty much the last three months. And I don't see that changing until the new set comes out. Because I don't think any of these are really going to help. Um, but they might be valuable later. But it's a it's it's hard out there for a Priest right now. And, and like the Renew... Um, the Renew nerf really, really, really hit hard. And, and, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's just that. I think it's also the fact that Quest Mage is a thing. We can get into a whole other other episode about how, why Priest is bad right now, but these are not helping. We'll, we'll just put it that way. So Copycat is a 3-mana, three 3-4 three, beast. It is a cat, not a parrot, um, but it has a battle cry. Add a copy of the next card your opponent plays to your hand. And... I know that the, there are going to be a lot of people who have a visceral reaction to this card. Because one of the things that people dislike most about Priest is losing to getting beaten with your own cards. Thoughtsteal was, you know, a problem. Elusia was a problem. Um, so, you know, I mean, like anything that... Anything that lets you beat your opponent with their own stuff, just feels bad right 
So you're going to see this like, oh God, here we go again. However, this is not Thought Steal. <laughs> this is not Elusia. This is not even plagiarism, right? Because plagiarism, which is the rogue secret, you play that and then you get a copy of every card that your opponent played that turn, but you don't know that it's plagiarism, right? You just know that it's a secret and you you generally have to have to test for everything else to prove that it's plagiarism. By that point, you've given them several cards. Here, everything's face up on the table. You're, the priest is playing the copycat you know that the first card you're playing on that turn is going to go to them. And you can play around it. You could coin. You could play some, like, you could play Corsair Cash, right? You you could play something that they're not going to be able to use. It may disrupt your turn a little bit, but probably not as bad as something like Plagiarism where you're giving them the entire the entire hand or, or the all the cards that were played. And ultimately, it's... Um, you know, it, it's not going to, it, it's not going to make that much of an impact because your opponent can play around with full information. They do have to play into it eventually. It doesn't say that the card, the next card your opponent plays next turn. It does say next card your opponent plays. So it could, they could go several turns without playing anything. You'll still get the next card. But I, I don't think that unless they're top decking and they have to give you something really good. Uh, like, and, and if you're playing this late in the game. Like, do you really, is that really what you want to be doing with your life? I, I don't think so. I think this is a one. I, I'm extremely underwhelmed by this card. And I think that you're, you're, you're still pretty safe for not getting beaten with your own cards. Or at least if you're getting beaten with your own cards, you're, um, you're, you're going to be able to shoot, have some agency in what you give them. So. Uh, we'll move on to Defias Leper, which is a 2-mana 3-2 pirate. Um, Battlecry, if you're holding a shadow spell, deal 2 damage. This is a decent card, but it is not good right now. This is better in Wild. In Wild, we uh, you play a lot more spells in, in a Shadow Priest. You run Mind Blast, you run the Needle, um, you run a bunch of other spells that um, you know that will help you get the value off of this. In In Standard right now... You're playing 28 minions and two copies of Raised Dead. And that's not good enough for this for this card. You need to be running a, a, a fairly decent base of Shadow Spells. And even if you're getting it off of Raised Dead, you've just used the Raised Dead, so now you're not getting the two damage. So this is a, this is a Bloodfriend Raptor. Um, most of the time in Standard. Until we get enough support for something closer to like a mid-range Shadow Priest. Or a spell heavy, or even just spell relevant, um, Shadow Priest. We don't have that deck right now. We're not getting that deck with these cards. So for right now, this is a two. I could be convinced to go up to a three or a four, depending on what kind of shadow shadow support we get. Um, but this is not getting us there. This is not going to make Shadow Priest suddenly playable. Like the Elusia nerf killed it. And I, I don't think that there, you need something on that level to bring it back. And this isn't it. Um, Amulet of Undying, again, is a good card that is not for now. So Amulet of, of Undying is a 3-mana shadow spell, common, tradable. Resurrect 1 friendly death rattle minion, upgrades when traded. So it's going to get value based on you playing death rattle minions. 
it's something that you can trade for card draw early, which Priest needs, right? Like, Priest is pretty, pretty star for card draw compared to the other classes. So being able to have some tradables, just to be able to have card draw is valuable. And, like, you, even if you don't play death rattles in your deck you're just going to kind of get death rattles as you go along right like you're going to play draconic studies you'll get um you'll you'll get uh whatchamacallit um the the eight drop that gives you a seven drop right um you'll probably play light shower elementals um there there are a few death rattles that are good and you can you can also run um the spell that discovers a death rattle and triggers the death rattle if you um if you can have enough mana to pay for it, right? And you, you'll generate those as you go, right? So this feels like a good card that just doesn't have a deck right now. I think it could even run just like in current quest priest, just qu current quest priest is, is bad, right? But current quest priest is going to run draconic studies, going to run light shower elemental to get the six drop. So you'll get some death rattles off of the dragon. You'll get some death rattles from light shower elemental, um, you know, you'll get, maybe you'll get Call of the Grave and you'll get some stuff, right? Um, I think it's a good card. I think that we could get, and, and the fact that it targets Death Rattle specifically is good because the problem with Resurrect Priest in the past has been that it's resurrecting from your entire pool. So you had to only run minions that you wanted to resurrect. Now what you can do is you can run... Um, you can run a bunch of minions and also just run the death rattles that you want to resurrect. So as far as death, as building a resurrect priest, this is much better in terms of deck construction options than, say, mass resurrection. Um, which I'm sure people are not happy to hear. But in terms of actually being playable right now, it's not great. But I think I'm going to give it a four because I think that we will get to resurrect priest at some point. I'm sorry. It'll happen. It's happening. Get used to it. But um, but I do I don't think that we can get there right now because we need some sort of an answer for dying from Garots and and uh, Arcanist Joggrafts. So that's just that's just gonna keep any kind of a slow deck down right now. All right, so we'll move on to Rogue and Rogue. Um, Rogue gets Edwin back. Um, Edwin defies Kingpin. Which is a 4 mana 4-4, four, four, battle cry, draw a card. If you play it this turn, get plus 2, plus 2, and repeat this effect. Um, Rogue ten generally tends to be low curve. So this could get a lot of value. I think that what's holding this back is that a lot of the ways that it plays a gazillion cards in a turn is going to be things like Octobot, right? Where you're discounting the cards in your hand, and... You can do that, right? Like, you can play Edwin, play an Octobot, then discount the card that you drew, and then continue going. It's going to be... It might just draw you, like, a couple of cards in a Garrett Rogue. I don't know that you're necessarily going to want it there. Maybe in, like, a Quest Rogue it might be better, right? Because then your curve's a little bit slower. You're more of a mid-range deck. You care about having big things because you you want to be able to get um, Battleground Battlemaster down, Um so maybe there it's a little bit better. I think there's a place for this. Um, it's certainly a lot healthier than the old red, old Edwin because you can't necessarily plan for it. Um, you're just kind of drawing the stuff out of your deck, but you're not necessarily going to know what you're drawing. Um, you might end up in scenarios where you're going to get stuck with a shadow step and you don't have another minion to play. Um, you know, it's going to be... 
it, it'll be interesting. Um, I think that people will find a way to use it. I think that just having a having some sort of a, of a draw engine in some of these, you know, some of these rogue decks that aren't running field contact is good. Um, and and but and makes Edwin kind of ha be a big thing, but not be oppressive like he was. So I think that's it's a good card. I'll I'll call it a four. I think it's gonna find space in a lot of non Garrett pirate decks. I, I thought it was a Garrett rogue card. I was I was corrected by that just because of like okay, well if you draw uh, an ethereal Og merchant, well good luck with your with the rest of your game plan or a Garrett or whatever. Like you're trying to draw cards and not play them immediately. <laughs> But maybe just the one draw is fine, right? Like maybe getting, you know, getting a format of four four and drawing one card, or you know, even like two cards is fine, right? So it, th stranger things have happened. Um, parlay is a one mana rare spell. Swap this for a card in your opponent's deck. Sure, <laughs> that's certainly a card you can, a, a thing you can do. Um, I don't know why you, why Rogue wants to do this. Rogue is generally in the business of killing the opponent before the cards in their deck matter. Um, but, you know, that's something that you could do. I mean, if it's a Wandmaker nerf. Because the Wandmaker pool for Rogue was pretty good. So this is kind of a bad, a bad Rogue card that, uh, that'll come out of Wandmaker, I guess. It's a one. You're not playing this. You're, you're going to get this generated sometimes and then you'll do it. And you can use it to combo, but you're, you're not going to want to put this in your deck on purpose. I don't think we really need to spend a lot of time talking about this. There might be some way to, to abuse this, but I'm not. It's it's like the number of cards that are there in the deck, are, it's usually going to be like 15 to 20 when you're playing this. And just hitting a one out of 20, like if you've ever tried to burn a card off the top, you know how, how often that works and it's not very... Uh, Blackwater Cutlass is a 1-mana common 2-2 two -two weapon, tradable. After you trade this, reduce this cost of a spell in your hand by 1. Um, rogue spells are already pretty cheap. Um, they could always be cheaper. Um, I don't know if you necessarily... Again, Garrett Rogue, I don't know if you necessarily need this. Weapon Rogue has plays a lot of spells. Maybe you would run this, but then you also have this sitting around, handing around as a weapon, but maybe you just never play it as a weapon unless you're absolutely you know desperate. You might just never play this as a weapon, right? You might just have this as, as trading infinitely and then, you know, just keep discounting spells. And I mean you're gonna if you do that enough, you're gonna keep getting this back, right? Um, I mean you're you're just kind of banking mana at that case, at that point. It feels like it's probably like I'm notoriously bad at evaluating rogue cards. Um it feels like there's probably something here, but I'm not sure what it is. But I'll I'll give it a three. Just because it feels like this, this is the kind of card that I will shoot low on and then be horribly, horribly surprised at, at how it performs. So, um, yeah. Okay, so Shaman. Shaman gets one of the other legendaries. Cookie the Cook, who is a pirate murloc, but he only counts as a murloc. He doesn't count as a pirate. And I don't know, like, we need dual tribe cards, right? Like, Cookie the Cook, he's clearly wearing a pirate hat, right? Like, he clearly is both a pirate and a murloc at the same time. Like, I think we have the technology to make this happen. But in any event, he's only a murloc and not a not a pirate. So he's a 3-mana 2-3 lifesteal, death rattle, equip a 2-3 stirring rod with lifesteal. If we're not playing murloc, murloc shaman, I don't see where this fits. Like, the, it's a lot of healing. 
but like it's healing in really small chunks and a lot of it requires um requires a lot of like running your face into things which seems not great i mean you know not that we haven't had lifesteal weapons that have been fine before but like a two three lifesteal weapon is not great and the body is not great and like if you can buff it then okay but then you're also like if you're playing a whack-a-nole hammer then it can die and overwrite the hammer and and it's until we get murloc shaman i don't see this seeing a lot of play i'll give it a two i i think that it's fine but it's just like it's a card you're gonna throw in but i don't think you're really like building your whole you're you're not you're not really excited about it um and unless we're doing like actual murloc synergies i just don't see a lot of value out of this maybe he stole the hat dcu maybe he stole the hat it's possible that he stole the hat um but I do like the card. I like the flavor of the card. I mean, I don't know if I like the flavor of what he's cooking. It's very green. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that this card is going to be seeing a ton of play. Um, Sucker Hook is a uh, format of three six pirate rare, um, and it is. It says at the end of your turn, transform your weapon into one that costs one more. So this will be a weapon from. Uh, every any class not just shaman um so what's gonna happen is that you're basically taking one durability off every one of your weapons or or up to you know x x minus one durability off all your weapons um in exchange for getting a better weapon you're basically doing the rakara thing right it's the problem is like what do you like the weapons that you're running in shaman are generally more valuable like as actual weapons with abilities than most other classes and then like the weapons you're going to get back are not going to be great um i mean you could get like you know you could upgrade to like a reaper scythe from a whack-a-nole hammer or something but that's fine it's not it's not amazing and like you're like the dream is to get evolved into a doom hammer or a or a box by knuckles if it's box by knuckles then great you can just evolve this and then you get to keep the box by knuckles if it's doom hammer then you're desperately trying to kill this three six minion off so you get to keep the doom hammer i feel like this is going to be way more awkward in practice than i think it, it seems it's got a pretty cool effect um and it will extend the life of your weapons and it'll probably be a must target but i think in practice this is going to be a little bit underwhelming there's a lot of bad weapons out there um, so I'm going to call this a two. And then we move on to Brilliant Macaw. Yet another another parrot. we got pirates and parrots. So another parrot. Uh, three mana, three, three beast. Uh, battle cry. Repeat the last battle cry you played. Um, Elemental Shaman runs a lot of battle cries. Like, a lot. Um, you think about, like, Arid Stormer, Gyre Worm, um, Kindling Elemental, Granite Forger... Uh, like, like, you know, lily pad lurker, potentially fire elemental, right? Like there's a lot of good battle cries in elemental shaman and that, yeah. And that's not even counting wild. Um, and, oh, wow. Does this, does this in wild, does this just like help shutter walk along? I don't know. That's, that's even like, that's pretty scary too. 
right? Because, like, if repeat the last battle cry you played and you're chaining Shutterwalks, does that just end up with, like, infinitely scaling Shutterwalks? That's a terrifying idea, isn't it? Um, But in Standard, like, there's enough in here in Elemental Shaman that I feel like you will find a place for that in this deck. Quest Shaman, less so. Um, and Doomhammer Shaman, probably less so. But definitely in... In Elemental Shaman, you will find a lot of a lot of hits for for battle for uh, for Billy McCaw. So I think it's a four. I think there's enough battle cry synergy. In, there's there's enough battle cries in Shaman in general that you will be able to find a um, you'll be able to find use for this easily. I, I'm pretty confident of that. All right, so on to Warlock. We're getting there. Um, even when it's just me talking, it takes a long time to go through all these. You'd think that with just one person talking, it would go faster. But no, we're already at, like, what? At uh, at, at an hour, and it's just me talking, and I'm only through, like, you know, 30 cards, 20-some-odd 20, 20 cards or whatever. Um, so Hullbreaker is a 4-mana four 4-3 four, demon. Uh, rare. A Battlecry and death rattle draw a spell. Your hero takes damage equal to its cost. This is fine. Um... Maybe in like a control warlock you might want this. I mean you're take you're hit you're probably taking eight if you hit a nether. Um but it's like, you know, in like in like a handlock, right? Like yeah, I guess you, you might want like a drain soul or a you, you probably don't have room for mortal coil anymore. And it, it is a tutor. It's just it's a, it's expensive for what you're getting, and then you can't necessarily control how much damage you're going to take, which you're generally trying to work around the, the quest, but maybe if it's enough, it doesn't matter. Um, like, the quest the quest list is pretty tight, especially since, like, the nerf to, to the Demon Seed. I just don't know if you're going to have room for this in that deck. And, you know, it, it's... And sometimes you can just, like, give your opponent lethal by having this up on the board, right? Um, I, it's probably fine. I, I'm, it might get, it might see some playing quest. I'll give it a three, but I'm not super impressed with it. Um, it just doesn't seem like it really has a spot right now. Just cause quest is so tight. Um, what will find a place in quest is shadow blade stinger, which is a one mana two, one pirate battle cry. If you've taken damage this turn, deal that much to an enemy minion. So, um, this is warlock prize, prize plunderer. Prize Plunderer is a good card. This is also a good card. You can do a quite a bit of damage. I mean, you could do you could pretty much clear off like two big minions with um with like unstable shadow blast or whatever. Or even like raise dead, right? Like you could raise dead. <laughs> raise dead and then deal the three damage to something when you get this off the um off of the raise dead, right? So yeah, this is this is an easy five. Like this is going to I mean it's also a one drop. In, uh, you know, in, in Warlock, where Warlock really needs some cheap removal. Uh, this, yeah, Zoo, yeah, Mad at Arms is, is in chat and he's pointing out this is good in Zoo too. Yeah, in, in Zoo with Flame Imps and whatever, this is also good. Yeah, this, this is an easy five. You're going to find a lot of spots for this, um, for this in, in, um, in a bunch of different decks. Pretty, this is probably one of the best cards of the set, pretty easily. Um, Wicked Shipment is when I send out merch. Not that I do that. Um, but this is a one mana tradable spell common, uh, summon two, one, one ips upgrades by two when traded. So theoretically, right. If we're doing some sort of a demon zoo or, or even just like any sort of a zoo where we want a lot of like little minions on board, 
um, then this will this will have a place there. You know, anything that that cares about how many minions died this turn will probably want this. Um, you know, even just like you know things like Direwolf Alpha is fine, um, or, or Wriggling Horror or whatever. Just being able to build a board, um, this is pretty good. And you also get card draw, right? Like you're getting extra card draw. It, the the saving the health on it doesn't really matter, but saving the mana does, right? Like being able to get a card for one mana instead of two in Zoo specifically is actually pretty cool. Um, I mean, we've run Dark Lairs just to be able to do that. So, you know, being able to just have a, a functional tradable in Zoo. I don't know if this makes Zoo a thing, right? Like Zoo probably needs a little bit more help than this. Um, but you know, it, it's definitely something like if zoo is going to come back and it will at some point, this feels like it might be part of it. So I'll give that a three. I, I don't, I'm not super excited about it, but, and it, it could fall out just, you know, because there could be other things that, that come in there, do this better. Um, but yeah, I think this is a pretty, a pretty serviceable card. So we'll, uh, we'll call that a three. And then we move on to warrior and warrior in addition to druid is like the big winner of the set. Because it's getting a lot of support for, for its quest. Um, Blacksmithing Hammer is a 4-mana rare weapon. 5-1 we weapon. Tradable. After you trade this, game plus 2 durability. So, the the use case is that you get this early. Either you keep it in the mulligan. I don't know if we want to keep this in the mulligan. We'll figure that out. But Or you just draw it. Because you, you very often do like draw a weapon before you're able to complete stage 1 of the quest. And stage one of the warrior quest is draw a weapon, right? So you don't want to draw your weapons before you can get stage one done. So this lets you trade it into the deck. And then if you do that and you draw it out with stage one, then you have a 5-3 weapon, which is pretty much enough to do a fair amount of damage until you actually get Rakara down. Um, so this is really, really good. I mean, even just like, regardless of anything else, even if it didn't have like the second sentence, just having a tradable weapon right for a warrior in a with a quest that says draw a weapon is very good because like there are games where you just draw both your weapons and then you just kind of sit there when stage one goes off and nothing happens and then you're sad right so i i think that this is really good the other thing the other implication is that the weapons in R the rakara pool for the quest reward are weirdly defensive there are a shocking number of one attack weapons in warrior right now so just having a five attack weapon that you can get off of off of the Juggernaut is is worth it enough even if you never put this in a deck. It is a clear upgrade to to the Warrior Quest, regardless of whether you whether you actually put this in a deck or not, just because of having an extra high attack weapon in the pool. Um, but even then, I think I'm going to give this a four because I feel like it's a really good um, it's a good tool early and. It's and, and late, if you draw it and you already got Rakara down, you don't care that it only has one durability because it only has one durability anyway. So, you know, just having four four mana, five damage is great. So, yeah, we, we take those. Um, We also, Warrior also gets uh, Man the Cannons, which is a two mana spell, uh, deal, common spell, deal three damage to a minion and one damage to all other minions. So effectively, um, swipe. Right? It's, it doesn't go face, and it does one less damage to the minion that you're targeting, but for two mana. And, like, this is... um, This is a really good tool against aggressive decks, right? Like, if you think about, like, how many times that... 
you have like uh, you want to clear something with blade storm but you can't because there's a bunch of one ones in the way right or you just you need you need to clear a bunch of stuff out of the way like man the cannons will be there now again it's competing with rancor a little bit because rancor also basically does this but gives you armor um but it's going to depend on what the meta is like if there are a lot of one ones if there's a lot of adorables if there's a lot of wicked um you know wicked shipments in the meta then this is something you'll want maybe more than minefield this is basically competing with minefield minefield's going to rotate in six months and this isn't but they have different use cases right because minefield is more for a couple of small a couple of minions with total five health this is for a wide board with one bigger minion and then you can you know do whatever you need to do with the rest of it uh it's it's a little bit crowded for this type of small removal right now, which is why I'm going to give it a three, but I think this gets better as some of that removal moves out of standard. And then finally, Warrior gets Defias Cannoneer, which is a three mana, three, three pirate common. After your hero attacks, deal two damage to a random enemy twice. So this is the stage two uh, quest reward, just whenever you want. As long as you can attack, you get you get to you get to fire the cannons twice. That's pretty good. <laughs> you do have to attack first, so if there's a taunt, you're gonna have to attack into it. But I don't really think you care. Like this is there. Quest Warrior has like just like it's just like missing like one pirate, right? And we're running like like Fogsail Freebooter right now, which is okay, but it's not great. This is a much better version of Fogsail Freebooter. It's a better it's a better body. It's doing more damage, and it fits the curve a little bit better. Um, this is an easy four. Like, we're not building around this, but this is a key, a key weapon, a key weapon, a key pirate that we're going to run in most of the pirate warrior builds. I, 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 it, it, probably in wild too. Like, this seems good enough for wild. Um, and I mean, that's, that's high praise, right? Because wild already has plenty of good pirates in wild, um, available in warrior. Um, but I think even in wild, you might see some play here. Um, so that's it for the class cards. And we will move on to the neutrals. And the neutrals have uh, two legendaries, an epic, a rare, and a common. So we're going to start with um, Goliath's Needs Masterpiece, which is an 8-mana, eight 8-8 eight, eight mech, uh, legendary. Uh, battle Cry, fire five rockets at enemy minions that deal two damage each. You pick the targets. I, I just have a really hard time seeing getting to turn 8 at all right like this meta is really fast for like a really big value card maybe this is a quest priest card right because we're because like the eight mana slots kind of kind of suspect right now and and maybe this is like a quest priest card to just be able to be able to clear the board one more time as you're finishing up the quest um but like quest priest isn't really a deck like we're not we're not playing we're not playing eight mana eight eights. Like even though it gets to do ten damage, it's doing ten damage. None of it's going face, right? So this is a board control tool, which is why I'm saying it might be quest priest. Um, but like, there are better things. You, like if you're playing an eight mana eight eight, you want it to like have taunt and give you eight armor when it dies. You know, like you're not running this in like a big warrior because you don't want it. You want to get the battle cry off of it. I, I just can't see running this. I, I think that this is going to be like a charge call type of thing. I'm going to give this... I'm probably going to give this a 2. I think it's probably got like 
some niche value. Like, again, like, there's probably some world or some future meta where, you know, 10 damage to the board matters, but it's not now. Um, I don't see being able to run this right now, for sure. And and even in, like, a future meta, it's it's probably got to be, like, after rotation when we're down to a four-set meta and your, your options are more limited. Then maybe, but I don't see it right now. Um, and then we move on to Mr. Smite and, and, you know, Mr. Smite is probably annoyed because, you know, he paid all that money for a degree in smiting just to be called Mr. and not doctor. Um, but Mr. Smite is a six mana six, five pirate that says your pirates have charge. Charge is a rare thing right now. There are only four cards in standard before this that have charge. If I remember correctly, it's like Alec here, um, Grom, there's like two others, I think, that I can't remember. I know it's Alakir and Grom are like two of the big ones. Oh, and Kane. And there's probably one more, right? It's it's pretty much almost gone from standard. This is this is a six meta six five with charge by itself, regardless of whatever else you're doing. Right? Your this is six da six damage face immediately. Um, and then if it sticks, the rest of your pirates that you play get charged. If you're playing this on a Rakara board where you've summoned a pirate, that pirate gets charged. Um, I've had a bunch, this is the card I've probably had the most discussions about in Discord. I still think that this is good. I'm going to give it, I'm probably going to give it a three just to hedge a little bit. But I feel like this plays in, in Quest Warrior. And the reason why... After playing a bunch of Quest Warrior over the past week, what I'm finding is that the Quest reward on its own has a really hard time getting there, right? It sometimes takes a really long time. We're getting another five attack weapon. That'll help. We're getting some more pirates in the pool. That'll help. But some of these pirates are like two ones, right? Um, some of them are this. This is going to come out of the Juggernaut occasionally. And everything's going face. Um, and that'll be great. And that'll be a fun time. Um, but in general, like, a lot of the weapons are weirdly defensive. A lot of the a lot of the pirates are pretty small. And they don't live. And it can be hard to get the value out of it. So being able to, like, summon a pirate and then be able to play this on the board and get that pirate to go face and this pirate to go face along with the weapon shot, with the weapon and whatever cannonballs, that could be enough to get you over the line, right? Like, that's an additional, let's call it 8 damage on average. Maybe a 10, right? Because, like, let's say the average pirate's probably, like, a let's say it's average 9 damage, right? Because, like, the average pirate attack, I haven't done the math on it with all of the new pirates, but I'd say it's probably around 3 attack. So let's say it's another 9 damage for 6 mana post-quest. And even pre-quest, like, sometimes you'll just play it, get the get the quest progression, and get to do six damage to face. And, and you know, that seems fine, right? Like, it's one card in the list. Um, the list will probably change to be a little bit more aggressive. That'll free up some room. And, you know, if it's a little bit later in the game, like, we're not going to go through that much later, right? Like, we don't go to generally to turn 10, but, like, you know, you might be able to get, like, uh, you know, a Sword Eater through or... Um, you know, like Nightmare Amalgam or whatever, right? Or Circus Amalgam, not Nightmare Amalgam, Circus Amalgam. Um, you know, there's there's value here. 
I feel like this is a good card that's going to see play see playing Quest Warrior. It might see play in like a weapon rogue that becomes like more of a pirate rogue. If you're playing like Blood Sail, Blood Sail Corsair, not Blood Sail Corsair, like Blood Sail Raider, um, you know, that could be a lot of additional damage. Maybe you're playing, playing Blood Sail Raider in this deck. I mean, there's no reason not to. It, it's a neutral. Um, I feel like there's value here. I feel like Charge is pretty scary. And this can be a lot of burst damage. And in a deck where the reward usually needs a little bit of help, not a lot, but a little bit of help to get over the line. And there's enough pirates that just got introduced that you can probably just put together a pirate deck in a bunch of different classes and then be able to use this. I mean, again, it doesn't matter if it doesn't stick most of the time. And it's probably not going to stick most of the time. Um, but, you know, if you have mana left over to play other other pirates or you have a scenario like post-quest Rakara where you've got a free minion on board, maybe it's a South Sea Scoundrel, you know, th yeah, then you get extra damage face. So I think this is a four. I think this is, it It looks it looks great, then it looks bad, then it looks okay. And I think it's good enough to see play. I don't, I don't think it's amazing. I think it will be underwhelming to some people who are just looking at this like, oh my God, we're going to charge for like 25. Like you're not. But I think that this has enough value that it's probably going to, it might stay in the deck. All right. The epic is uh, Maddest Bomber, which is a nine mana, eight mana, nine eights rather. Uh, Battlecry deal 12 damage randomly split amongst all other characters. So we have Mad Bomber, we had Matter Bomber in one of the expansions, and now we have Maddest Bomber. Unfortunately, they're not named Big Mad, Big Mad Bomber because I feel like that would be better. Um, you know, and, and that's how that's what the, the kids say nowadays. Um, 12 damage is a lot, 8 mana is a lot. Not all this damage goes to your opponent's minions or their face, some of it's going to go to your face. And there's absolutely going to be a trolled-in video of somebody lethaling themselves by playing this. It's cool. It's a fun card. Um, you know, you might pick it for a duels run. I don't think you're putting any constructed. I think this is a one easily. We're not playing. We're not playing nine mana or eight mana nine eights anyway, regardless of what they are. And certainly not one that could probably kill you. Or if it doesn't kill you with. The battle cry, it'll kill you with the fact that you just paid 8 mana for a 9-8 that didn't actually affect the board. Bomber, Bowler, Macaw, Matt, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. That's that's just like that's that's suicide matter bomber territory at that point. Um, so the rare is multicaster, which is a three mana three four pirate. Um battle cry, draw a card for each different spell school you'll cast this game. So, I could see this. I could see this being the minion in Quest Mage, right? Because, like, by the time that you can play this, you've probably completed one one part of the quest. That's four mana deal, uh, four mana draw three. That's probably, I don't know if that's better than a Want Thief, but it feels like it might be. Um, Like, because I, I, my initial reaction is like, well, we're not playing minions, but we play like one minion, right? In um in Quest Mage. And maybe this is the one, right? Cuz like again, like four mana deal draw 3 in that deck specifically that's just looking to draw things as quickly as possible. I'm I'm okay with it. I think it's a pretty solid 3. I don't know that it's better than that. Um when Mage starts running minions again, this might be a little bit better. 
But even just in Quest Mage, I think this is fine. I think you might play it. Um, yeah, so I'll give that a three. And then finally, we have Galaka Glutton, which is a three mana two three pirate battle cry destroy a beast and gain plus one plus one. So it's the the art is a Galak is a pirate eating a Galaka crawler. And those of you who have not been playing for years and years, they're originally so in the the last time the pirate warrior was super popular was in Knights of, uh you know uh Cobalt's and Catacombs, right? Which that was when Patches was introduced. And then the set after that, they introduced Galaka Crawler, which was supposed to be an answer to Pirate Warrior, which is a two mana, I think it was a two three, that was destroy a pirate and game plus one plus one or plus two plus two. I don't remember what it was. And 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 it was a crab, right? And so now this is the pirate eating the crab. And and I think that's 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 delightful in terms of flavor. I don't like in terms of playability. Like you need to see a lot of Moonfangs for this to see play, right? Um, or or like a lot of like trampling rhinos or something for this to be a card that you want to play in your deck. Um, like we just don't have that many beasts or that many decks that are running beasts. We could. And then we'll have this. We've gotten these kinds of tech cards before and they generally don't see play. So I'll give this a one. It's I love the flavor. I think it's I think it's delightful. Um, but I don't think you're like you, you'll you'll find other ways to deal with the beasts um, to put them in your deck. So that's all 35 cards. Um, very quickly, I think Pirate Warrior is the big or, or Quest Warrior is the big winner here. I think the Druid decks in general are big winners here. Um, that's what I would be trying to play. Um, when the new set comes out, I would be, probably be trying to play Quest Warrior and see how that goes, or some sort of, you know, Druid. Druid may just be good enough on its own, even with just, like, the one drop. Um, there's a lot of other things, and I guess that we'll see if that's enough to shift the meta in a direction that makes some other decks playable. It's always possible. I don't know. I'm not seeing anything that really you know, generates any new archetypes out of this, but it's possible that there's something that's there that just got a piece, but, um, but definitely, I think Pyro, you know, Quest Warrior is going to be the big winner, followed by both, like, both of the Druid decks. Those are both going to be pretty good, too. So, that's what I would look for, and, um, yeah, and that's going to do it for, uh, for this episode. I think that's, you know, it's even just me talking, and, you know, we're already in an hour and a half, almost, so, you know, we know where the problem is. The problem is me. Uh, but hopefully this is... I'm going to try to get this out hopefully um, hopefully tonight. And so that if you're listening to this in the podcast, you'll have something to listen to tomorrow before the set drops. And um, so I'll help you maybe build some decks. So um, thanks as always for listening. You can find the show notes for the show and every show at offcurve.com. Um, you can go to at offcurve on Twitter for uh, when the show annou- when announcements for new episodes go live. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at wickedgood. If you're looking for Masters Tour data, there's not going to be a lot of it over the next couple months aside from Undercity, but you can find that at, um, at offcurve.com slash Masters Tour. Um, the stream, which uh, many of you are watching, and, and and thanks to everyone who gave with the raids that came in over the um, over the course of the, the podcast as well. Um, so uh, that is at twitch.tv slash wickedgoodfm. That is Monday and Friday nights now at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the Discord is wonderful, uh, wonderful and kind and intelligent and handsome and uh, beautiful group of people who are uh, enthusiastic about the game and always very respectful. So 
um, please do uh, join the Discord over at discord.offcurve.com. Um, that is where you can do that. We'll be very happy to have you. And um, yeah, that's it. So enjoy the new set. Enjoy the new meta. And uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.